You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. It changed my perspective. It changes the way that we kind of uh, view ourselves and how we view our outlook on honoring God with our bodies. That's why we talked about a snippet of, of, uh, of sexual immorality. And, and, and uh, I mentioned to you that sex is good because it's God's design, but sexual immorality is when we use sex in a way that God never intended it to be. Amen? And when we do, it's, it, it's so harmful to us because every other sin that a person does is outside of the body. But when we have a, a sexual sin, we do that, we become one with some person, and then it's in the body. We do it with our body. Amen? So we learned about that last week, and, and then we, we, we expanded that because we talked about how, much, uh, our, our, how important our bodies are to God and how important our bodies should be to ourselves. And as we have been going into the Daniel plan, there's been a lot of different responses. There's been responses like, yeah, we're excited about it. There's some responses that have been like, you know what, you're not going to tell me what to do with my body. Things like that. You know, don't, don't, you're not going to tell me how to eat. But if we look at things in God's perspective, it really changes the way that we look at life. Amen? This week, I want us to hone in on a, on a universal desire. Okay? I want us to hone in on a universal desire which everybody wants to improve. That's universal. How do I know that? Anyone ever watch the DIY network? Us husbands and your wives, our wives watch it and we're like, don't be watching that channel. Because you know what's coming. Honey, we can do this. And we're like, no, I can't. And, and, and so you, you want to improve. You want to improve the way your house looks. And so people, people look at DIY. And then um, people want to become better dancers. Right? So just look at Dancing with the Stars. And you see all these people that... There's a, there's a UFC fighter on Dancing with the Stars right now. How in the world is he going to dance? But they've been teaching him how to dance. And this guy is just knocking people around. That's what he does for a living. Now he's... You know? How does that happen? You, you can improve. And, and people, they desire to improve themselves to get better and things like that. And when it comes to health, it's exponential. It's huge. Millions of dollars are spent on books and DVDs from Zumba to Kung Fu. There's a DVD for you. Not to mention the treadmills, the stair climbers, the weights, the supplements, and all the other gadgets. It's a billion-dollar industry. You can buy eating plans, and some of them have a number system. Some you do by meals that are made for you. Some you drink so many shakes that you won't drink another shake in your life when you're done. And here's what I found. Most of them will work if you do them. 
Just look at Facebook and you'll see how many people are on one thing or another. But the results only last if you keep doing them. Are you with me? That's life. Your results will only last if you continue to maintain what you've started. So, what I've seen, and this is what we're going to change through the power of God, because this is where we bring God into it. Usually, a treadmill becomes a shirt hanger in whatever room you have it. Am I wrong or right? Huh? And you quit counting the numbers in your meals, and so on, and so on, and so on. But if you want permanent change, I believe we must have God as our source. And I believe the Bible is our foundation. You see, it's in the Word of God that we find that the, the faith to believe that God is bigger than our problem. And right now we're talking about health and how important health should be to us. Amen? It's, it's in the Word of God where we find that God created food and He created it to be enjoyed. And it's when we put stuff that is poison to our bodies that begins to harm our health. It's in the Word of God that we find that fitness is God's idea. He created Adam and Eve to work, for them to move, for them to do things. Amen? It's where we find that we need friends. In fact, in the very beginning, he said it's not good for a man to be alone. And so we find out how important that we do things better together, as, as, as Jeff said. And that's why the church is so important, because we will do things better together. We, many hands make the work light. Your faith will be strengthened when you come together. Every person that's here, you're going to leave today with your faith strengthened because of the people around you and because Jesus is here with us. Amen? And then the last thing is that in the Word of God, we find how to focus. God's Word helps us to focus. When all, you know, this coffee dude that was all over the place, that's not how God does it. Amen? God helps us focus. He helps us put things in priorities. He helps us think to look at life different. We rationalize. We're rational kinds of people. And when we look at our health, we need to be rational about it. And that's how God operates, and we find that in the Word. So I put together, or actually the Daniel plan put together six principles on what it really takes to, to change. And the first principle, let me pray first of all. Father, thank you for our, our, our meeting this first service. As always, we pray your blessing upon everything that is said. I pray you direct me, Lord God, that your words will be my words, Father, as I've studied this Daniel plan. And, and more than that, Lord God, studied your word. Uh, I pray that I will speak clearly and that I'll honor you with, with everything, Lord God, that there'll be power in this message, the power that, make, that helps us to change, to be more like Christ. And that's our desire, and, 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 and so that's our hope. So when we leave here today, may we all say, man, it was good to be in God's house. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So six principles. The first principle is of dedication. It's dedicating ourselves. And so the first thing that I would say to that is that we need to commit my body to God. We need to commit our bodies to God. That has to be the starting point. 
It's not finding the right diet. It's not finding the right vision. It's finding the right person to have at your side while you start and make this change in your life. I'm reading a great book. It's a book called Good to Great. Jim Collins is the author, not a Christian author, but he writes this book and he talks about the 11 of the greatest companies that shaped uh, America. And, and, and what, he, what he sees is that all of these 11 companies, all of, he, he looked at all these Fortune 500 companies, but only 11 made the criteria of what he was looking at. 20 years of, of steady climbing. Uh, and after the 20 years, the tenor of the CEO, after he left, then that company continued to, to, to still thrive because it wasn't based on one person. And what he found is that these companies, when they put it together, they didn't look for the right vision. They didn't look for the, the direction they were going to go. They looked for the right people that were going to be able to execute this. And it says a lot to me. You see, when I start out my life, I need to have the right people in my life. And the first person has to be God. When I think about my body, I have to have God right there with me because he's the one that initiated and created everything that is. And then i got to put people around me that are going to be positive for me. Amen? And that's why healthy small groups are so important. You know, that, that group that's walking uh, in the, around the track at 530 in the evening, they're making a commitment together to do that. And I'm a part of it. And it's good because there's accountability. There's, there's, there's strength. There's encouragement. And everyone's at different levels. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm going to say it right now that we have more accountability. You know what I want to do at the end of this Daniel plan? I'm going to run a 5K. And it gives me a goal of, of something to, to look forward to. Because that's just the way I'm programmed anyways. I like to look forward to something. And so I want to run a 5K. Gives us something to do. Anyone want to run with me? Yeah. Praise God. No. I've got, I've got like 10. Yes. You get a shirt and everything. You that don't, you don't have to. And that's the beautiful about walking with God. We don't have to. Amen? We don't have to. You see... For change to happen in our, in our lives, whether it's financial, financial or vocational with a job or educational or mental or relational, it has to begin with God. For change to truly happen, for there to be transformation, it has to begin with God. Because God made everything. And if we start out with God, we will not be saying at the end of our venture, God, I can't do this. Please help me. We won't be, able, we won't be saying... God, where are you? If we start out and say, God, I don't want to start without you. I need you at my side. I need for you to lead me and guide me. He will. A lot of times, people start out doing stuff in their lives on their own. And at the end, they're saying, God, I need you. Where? And he'll meet you right there. But think about it if we were to start with him at the very beginning. And that's exactly what we need to do. I want you guys to do something for me. Everybody, just sit up straight real quick. Just put your posture straight. Okay? I want you to roll your shoulders. Good. And I want you to take a deep breath and hold it for a little bit. Let it go. I don't know if you feel better, but you look better. <laughs> and you're more alert. You know that? Because your body tells your brain, I need to listen. I need to stay alert. You know that, that your body tells your mind, 
a lot of things. In fact, when I was going to school as a kid, I don't know if this happens anymore, teachers won't let us slouch. Really, teachers won't. I, I mean, you, but because when you're slouching, you're not as attentive. Right? But when you sit up, not only is it good for your back, not only is it good for your posture, but it's also good for your attention. My daughter had her appendix taken out when she was uh, in, in junior high, and, and, and she favored her stomach. She would, you know, she would favor that, that, that surgery. And, and, I, and so I said, Cass, I, what I want you to do is I want you to come here, first of all, bring me a book, and I want you to start walking with this book. So I want you to walk. Dad. Dad. I want you to walk with a book. I said, walk. And she would begin to walk. And I'd have her to do that for several months because she began to slouch. And what happened is her posture changed. And now if you see her walk, she's going to walk very upright. And I think that's a good thing. Amen? So our bodies will tell our minds what to do. I mean, our, our minds will tell our bodies, but our bodies will actually make us be alert. So very, very important that we understand these things are so important. Look at what Romans 12.1 says. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is such a pregnant verse. It's, it, it's full of life. But I want us to grab a hold of something today that's very important, and that's the word body. Notice the Bible doesn't say Spirit. Because to be spiritual means we offer everything to God. And the way we do this is by offering our bodies. Can I tell you why? You're looking at me very attentive. Because with your body is your brain. And in your brain is your mind. And in your mind is your thoughts. And our voice is in our body. And we worship God. And we, right, now I'm preaching about God. How am I preaching God to you guys today? With my body and my spirit is working with my body not only that we we, we have our, um, uh, our 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 voice and we sing it our songs our ears our eyes our feet and our ability to love and hate it's all in our bodies think about how huge that is and it also says therefore Meaning something happened before this, and we really need to consider it. So when we see therefore in the Bible, we need to find what it's there for. Amen? When someone says therefore, you need to say, well, what does it mean that it's there for? So the reason that we offer our bodies as living sacrifice is because of what God says from chapter 1 through 11 of Romans. It is one of the greatest, greatest books in the Bible. And chapter 1 through 11 tells us that we all fall short of the glory of God. Every person does. Every person falls short of God's per perfect standard. And it also tells us in, in Romans that God had a plan, and His plan was to come and redeem us through Jesus Christ. And it also tells us that we were sinners, but now because we're in Christ, we become saints. We become holy ones. All of these things. It tells us that we had an old nature, but now because we're in Christ, we had the, uh, before we had the nature of Adam, but now in Christ we have a new nature. We have the nature of Christ. And all of these gems, that I could preach through, through Romans 1 through 11. It would probably take us a year and a half to get through it. In fact, I preached through Romans last year. It took us like nine months 
to get through it. So it's, it's, it's such a wealth of information. So he says, therefore, because you were a sinner and now you're a saint, and because you had a old nature and now you have a new nature, and because everyone's falls short of the glory of God, but God had a plan and he redeemed you through the blood of Jesus Christ, because of that, you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship. Ain't that so um, unbelievably cool how he does that? And, you, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I put three bullet points uh, in the first principle that we need to move on as an act of worship with our bodies. The first thing is I need to cleanse my body. I need to cleanse my body. In other words, we need to detox. We stop putting things in our bodies that are poison or harmful for our health. When we do that, when we stop putting that poison and just think about it as an act of worship. Don't think about, I'm, I'm not going to put this in my body because you know what, I, it's, it's not good for me. Think about it like, or I really want this. Think about it like this. I'm worshiping God when I don't put poison in my body. It changes everything. Anyone ever, and, and you don't have to raise your hand, anyone ever put something in your body that, that the next morning got you real sick? They call it an H.O.? In Spanish, they call it a cruda. Anyone ever been hungover? Your body's telling you, dude, what did you do to me? I don't know, but I'm sick. Right? D, so, so the Lord says, why are you going to put something in your body that's going to that's gonna poison your body? Detox. Huh? Um, I love the way the scriptures put it. It says uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and the spirit, perfecting holiness out of a reverence for God. Ain't that amazing? The second uh, bullet that, that we need to do, I need to care for my body. See, God wants us to take care of our bodies. When we take care of our bodies, we worship. Amen? When we do it for the Lord, it, it shows that we worship. It shows that you're a good manager of your temple. None of us, I hope not, would come in and throw rocks at, at the windows in our sanctuary. None of us would come in and, 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 and drive a sledgehammer. None of us would hurt the, 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 the house of worship. Why do we hurt our bodies? Amen? Take care of our bodies. The, the Bible says no one hates his own body, but he lovingly cares for it, just as Christ cares for his body, which is the church. Jesus does not neglect the church, and it teaches me that I should not neglect my body. You see, if I make it a point to exercise, if I make it a point to walk, if I make it a point to eat right, I am actually doing God, uh, just, I'm worshiping Him, if I do it for His glory. Amen? The third bullet point, I need to control my body. Controlling our bodies is an act of worship. In fact, a fruit of the Spirit is self-control. There's a lot of things that our bodies want to do that are not good. It's called the flesh. There's a lot of, there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of, 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 uh, there's a lot of uh, opposite sex uh, relationships that our body says, go for it, go for it, go for it. And we have to say no. That will destroy my marriage. That will destroy my relationship. If you're not married and you're in a relationship and someone says, come on, go for it. And your body says, yes. You say, no. 
If you love me, you're going to put a, fing- a, a, a ring on my finger. We're going to do it right. We're going to honor God. Amen? We, we, we take control of our bodies. The Bible says each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. You see, cleansing or, or, or cleaning and caring and controlling our bodies is an act of worship when we do it out of motivation, motivation to honor God. But how many of you, you, you in the back, how many of you, how many of you um, do you really intentionally think, this week I'm going to honor God with every aspect of my life? I'm going to honor God with every aspect. We, we, we have to make the initiative. In my studies, I, I read this week that 75% of the, this is crazy, but it's, it's a fact, $2.5 trillion of all money spent annually on health care in the U.S., 75% of that stems from chronic diseases which can be prevented by lifestyle choices. Not half, more than half. It's, it's amazing right there. And the Bible will speak to that. It says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Your body shouldn't tell you what you should do. We tell our bodies what it should do. Amen? We, we, we should, in the, in, the, in, the, in the prompting of the Holy Spirit, let, let, let's tell our bodies, this is what we're going to do. Your body's going to say, no. Especially if you exercise, because what happens? You get sore. Your muscles begin to grow. You, you, you begin to, to do things, and your body's like, Hijuela, no, it was hard. Right? And we don't like it, but you know what? Your body really does like it. You feel better. And you honor God with it. Second principle. I must refocus my mind. When you realize that your body matters to God and that it reflects our worship to God, you must change the way that you think. I was talking with our staff recently. We have lunch. And our lunch is... I wish that we would have taken pictures from two years ago to this year. Carol knows. You know, she, she comes in. Our lunches are crazy because they're so healthy. I mean, I got, I got these greens and, you know, all this stuff and almonds. And, and, and so I told, I told the staff, because every one of us has different personalities, and I fought this tooth and nail because I love to eat. And... and and probably not the healthiest would I love to eat. And so there, there, there had to be a paradigm shift in my thinking. There had to be a complete reversal in the way that I think. But isn't that our walk with God? When you come to God, you're living a certain way. You, maybe you, you partied, maybe you gossiped, maybe you, 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 you thought that your goodness was going to take you to heaven. And, and you come to Christ and you understand it's only through His goodness, it's through His righteousness. Lord, Lord, I was, I'm such a sinner. And, there, and then you begin to change the way that you think. And when you begin to change the way that you think, you begin to change the way that you act. If you bring it under Christ. Amen? Last week we learned that everything is permissible, but not all things are beneficial. There are some things in my life that are permissible, but they're not good for me, at least not uh, as a daily diet. 
Amen? It's okay. I, I, let me tell you, I am not saying that I'm not going to eat a taco again or enchiladas or, or, or tostadas. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that. I love it. But I'm not going to do it in a way that's going to hurt me because there's a, there's a change in my thinking. Amen? I won't eat seven tacos. I'll eat, no, maybe three, okay? The Bible says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, whatever gets our attention will usually get our allegiance. Whatever you begin to think about will begin to control your life. With someone who struggles with alcohol, their thoughts are consumed with the next drink. Not everyone struggles with alcohol. Let me say, there, there, there may be people sitting here and, and some of you can drink a glass of wine and, and you can drink a glass of wine a week, a, a beer a week, but there's some people that come in here, they can't do that. And one beer leads to another beer and another beer another beer and, and they're, they're consumed with, with, with thinking about that. So there's, there's some that struggle with, uh, with gambling and their thoughts are consumed with the next bet. I talk to people all the time and they're, they're consumed. They're, 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 they're online. They're gambling. They're, they're, there's someone that struggles with eating. Their thoughts are consumed with the next meal. Have you ever had a struggle with, with food or maybe sat with someone and, and you're just having breakfast and they're thinking, what are we going to have for lunch? <laughs> we're in breakfast, you know? And, and so it, it, it's, it's how our mind is. It's how we're shaped. And we have to continue to, to we, we need to not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God is a deliverer from bondage. And if you don't know this, let me tell you that Jesus Christ can deliver you from anything that has had you bound. And I can testify to that. And there's many in here that can stand, they can say, it's because of Jesus that I'm free. And so many of us have come to faith and God has taken the drunkenness and God has taken the drugs and God has taken the depression, but we think he surely isn't going to take away the donuts. Lord, take the drunkenness, take that depression, take those drugs, but please don't take the donuts. <laughs> My question is, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he change the way we eat to benefit his ministry? Amen? Whether you know it or not, if you're in Christ, you're in the ministry. We're all ministers. We all represent Christ in one way or another. He, this verse is so awesome um, because in this verse that we talked, first of all, it says, do not conform, which simply means don't copy everybody else. Amen? If Christians copies, if we copy the world, why will the world want to come to Christ? Are you with me? Now, we can dress in fashion. We can, we can buy cars. We can do all this. But can I tell you something? We don't act like we used to act because God is real. 
And he transforms our life. So he says, do not conform. I think too many times we let others influence our lives and we copy their behavior. And if their ways are unhealthy for us, we probably need to look to God for his advice. The other thing that's important, it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. When we do something for a long time, it becomes what? A habit. So the Bible is quick to tell us, don't do it any longer. The the Bible tells us right there, do not conform. In other words, don't act like the world anymore because of your worshiping God. Because of what he's done for you. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not as a dead sacrifice. In other words, you got to move. you got to do something. Amen? And then he says, don't do it any longer. So he knows that you've been doing it up to that time. And he says, okay, now it's time to stop. Here's the thing. Beloved, you don't have to listen to the preacher. You don't have to listen to, to what, what's being said to other people around you. You don't have to listen to all of that. And you don't even have to listen to God. God gives us that, oppor- that ability. But what if you do? What if you stop? And look at what you've been putting into your body. Amen. And say, Lord, I, I, whatever, whatever you, it is that you want me to change, whatever it is that you want me to change, not Pastor Reese, not, not what everyone is saying, not what Rick Warren, he, he wrote a book. But if it's from God and he wants us to change and if it benefits him for, your, for his glory, amen. Amen. Yeah. So... Number three, let's go on to number three. I had another, another uh, scripture, but we'll go to number three. Principle number three is the principle of evaluation. I must humbly assess my current state. I must humbly assess my current state. It takes humility to admit that you need help. Amen? It takes humility to admit you need God. People, sometimes people don't come to God because they're prideful. And it keeps them away from walking with the the one that can set us free. God's way is never condemnation. God will never condemn you. But God will allow for us to humble ourselves and place our confidence in him. Humility is confidence that's placed properly. And when we place our confidence in God, we humble ourselves because he's greater. Amen? The first and greatest barrier to our change and the number one barrier to change our life is pride. Pride screams, I don't have any problems. I don't, I don't worry about that stuff. You're not going to tell me to change what I eat, what I drink, what I smoke. But here's the thing that I want you to consider, and I, I address this right now, but I want to reinforce it. Maybe it's not the preacher telling you. What if it's God speaking through the preacher or through this campaign? What if God might have initiated the Daniel plan? Think about that. Are we going to let pride get in the way of what God wants to do in your life? After all, he probably wants the best for us, and sometimes what is the best for us does not make us happy. Are you with me? One of the worst things that we can do for our children is to let them get their way all the time. Because they're happy when they're getting their way, but it ruins them. Amen? 
And the same thing with us. God, I don't think he's as interested in our happiness as much as he's interested in our holiness. I think God is more interested in your sanctification than in us doing things that are going to make us happy. Amen? So we have to assess, we have to assess our current state and humble ourselves before that. I want to say this here as well. I want to say this because this is, this is important. You see, beloved, nobody has it all together. And you guys know me very well. I don't stand up here saying I, or thinking I have it all together. And I'll tell you right now, Pastor Rick Warren doesn't have it all together. And the Pope doesn't have it all together. There's only one who has it all together, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he's the one that we want to honor. He's the one that, that, that we, we need. Um, we need to grab a hold of this fact. Nobody's perfect, but we pretend to have it all together. And sometimes we walk around trying to impress others that we have it all together. And do you know what, what happens when we do that? It's pride. It's pride. And I think pride, I think pride keeps us away from being everything that God wants us to become. You with me? If you get angry, if you get angry about this, if someone telling you what to do, if you get angry, we need to check our hearts. The Bible says this, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If we come humbly before God, he'll address what needs, to be need, what needs to happen in our lives. Another scripture that stands out to me says, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Stay humble and you won't stumble. Pride comes before the fall. That goes for me too. Can I tell you, beloved, can I, can I reason with you that when we started this and I reapproached even talking about this Daniel plan, do you know how I had to wrestle with it? With myself. But if, but if, if, if we, we look at ourselves soberly and we say, Lord God, what can you do through this? How can you, how can you better represent yourself in my life? In every aspect of my life, eating has something to do with that. Drinking has something to do with that. Amen? Smoking has something to do with that. Toking sure has something to do with that. Anytime that we think, and this is, this is so good, anytime that we think that my job is perfect, my family's perfect, my kids are perfect, my church is perfect, and so on and so on, watch out. Nothing's perfect except for Jesus. Everything needs help. Everything needs to get better. Every ministry should be always, you know, at Living Word Chapel, can I tell you, at staff, why, why does staff meet? Why do we meet as a staff? 
to see how we can better minister to you. To see how we can honor God. To see how, those, if you're new here today, how we can allow the Lord to, to just fill you with his presence. And we seek him. We want to get better and better and better because we are not perfect. Instead of getting mad at people around you saying, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. Align your heart with God's heart and say, I'm going to be honest and I want to be everything that you, God, want for me to be in this life. I love the way that the NLT put it. It says, be honest in your estimate of yourself. Be honest of your estimate of yourself. Again, ESPN helps us here. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, they... Come on, man. Be honest. Fourth principle. We're going to go ahead and move on. Fourth principle is this. I must get group support. The principle of cooperation. Right? You will not make all the changes you need to make. You will, you will not make uh, um, all the changes you'd love to make or plan to make by yourself. If you could do it by yourself, we would have already done it. Amen? That's speaking right to me. If I could make all the necessary changes, I would have already done it. Fifty-eight times in the New Testament alone, we find the words one another. Love one another, care for one another, encourage one another, support one another, pray for one another, greet one another, share with one another. Fifty-eight times. Do you think God wants us to do life together? But Pastor James, Pastor James, I'm the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger needed Tonto. You, even have, you don't even have a leg to stand on with that. The Bible says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part is, has a spe special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body and each of us has dif a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. Every small group, 200, and 200 plus people in small groups, you need each other. Why are small groups so important? After this service, you guys are going to go have lunch. You guys are going to go do your, whatever you have planned. Small groups, it's intentional. You come together, you talk, you get to know each other, you pray for each other. Someone in our services this morning came up to me in tears. His dad, I mean, his brother just had a heart attack just last night. Came for, where did he come? He came here for prayer before they went to the hospital. We need each other. We do better together. Number five, I must fill my life with love. I must fill my life with love. If you want lasting change, if I want lasting change, we must fill our lives with love. Love can change the unchangeable. It's the only thing that can. 
What draws a person to God? His judgment? God's going to send you to hell. You've heard maybe someone on the, on, the, on the sidewalk with the megaphone, God's going to send all of you to hell. Oh, boy, they're running to God. The Bible says that the kindness of God leads people to repentance. The love of God. It says God so loved the world. Love is powerful. In fact, love is the most powerful thing in the world. It prompts you to get up in the morning. It allows, it allows me to sleep soundly at night. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. And I'll tell you why. Because God is love. I can have a bad day. Can I tell you something, beloved? I can have a bad day, but when I lay my head to rest, I have this in mind. God loves me. And I have this in mind. You know, when, when I have a bad day, I've got a wife that says, I love you, babe. I love you. I've got kids that tell me, I love you. I've got people in this congregation that, I mean, they'll say, I love you. Send me encouraging cards. We, 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 love is the greatest force that we can have. Not condemnation. Can I tell you, some of, some of us in here, when we start this Daniel plan, there's going to be changes that begin to take place. It's going to be difficult. You're gonna, you, we've already started the Daniel plan, so we're in it. And, and, and you understand that some of these changes are very difficult. There's a paradigm shift in your thinking that has to happen. Can, but can I tell you, we love you. We're in this with you. We're in this together. Love is what gets us through. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just be pretenders. Really love them. Hate what is evil. Stand on the side of good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take and delight in honoring each other. Can I tell you, beloved, when someone tells you everything you want to hear, that's not love. As a pastor, sometimes I have to say things to people, not that they want to hear, but that they need to hear out of love. Amen? My wife, she's a master of that. She tells me what I need to hear all the time. But she's not pretending just to love me. She really loves me. Number six, and we'll end with this. I must nurture my enthusiasm. I must nurture my enthusiasm. You have to figure out how to maintain your enthusiasm over the long haul because a lot of times we start out real fast, but then we, 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 just, we just stop. You know, we, what's that word called when you just, the energy just goes out? You burn out. Ralph Waldo Emerson said it like this, nothing great is ever accomplished without enthusiasm. And you know why? Can I tell you why? Because that word is so powerful. You know what enthusiasm, the root word of it is? N means in. Theos means God. In God, you can do anything. When you think about being enthusiastic, think, I can because I am in Christ. Amen? I love being around enthusiastic people. People that are excited about, people have, have a zeal. I love it. Yesterday at that baptism, I loved it. 
Because people are excited about what Jesus is doing. One last scripture and we'll close. It says, the Bible says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving with God. Woo! I'm excited. As Benny said, I'm going to run like Elijah. Let's pray. Father, I don't want to go another day without you in my life. Lord, I give you control over every part of my heart. I offer you my body. I dedicate myself to you. In light of all you've done for me, I give myself to you as a living sacrifice and as an act of worship. Help us, Lord, to renew our minds and choose not to conform.